0: Are you looking for veteran resources and peer support? Objective Zero has an app for that. Download the Objective Zero app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Access wellness resources like yoga and a free year subscription to Headspace, the world's most popular meditation app. Check out veterans resources and access our nationwide network of peer support. Speak to fellow women veterans or someone in your field and branch of service. You get to choose who you want to chat with. Learn more at www.objectivezero.org. That's www.objectivezero.org.
1: Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of sad individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of Dysfunctional Veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Boner Wood, so it's going to be a hard one tonight.
2: Now, God damn it, bro that's just not even fair. This is Bags Talk. This is inside the net house, man.
1: We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke
3: out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself, oink. You are truly putting a D in the B when it comes to DV radio.
2: Mr. Recall. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is.
3: I told you, it's my computer, it's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We probably had a few too many to drink, you know what 20 bucks is 20 bucks can i get a thimble full of sweet baby rays please we don't have it saturday's right. gonna be even more entertaining Illogical. we still have the dv
1: radio store for those wondering mm-hmm. shit's still there you can buy shit
2: mine
3: shit's good you guys. oh we haven't
1: even gotten there yet you fucking got me there already
2: love and military barracks talking around this motherfucker. how's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're
4: tuned
1: in to WDVR on DVRadio.net. Because this, this is, is, how is how it is on DV on radio. radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR DVRadio.net. This is Bex Talk Live. You're listening to us on podcasts on most major podcast platforms where we're hosted at is Podbean. And then you got Spotify and iTunes and all the bullshit out there where the market's so saturated that you can't find a needle in Haystack. Anyway. It is October twenty first, twenty twenty three. It's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Bugs! I love you. He's not listening. He doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> he he doesn't even come see me anymore. And and we live in the same house. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> up in the the warm ass state of Alaska,
3: it's the pig man himself. It's Oink, dude. Even me family. That's right. It's a balmy twenty eight degrees up here in Alaska. Man, we are short. we are almost sweating our balls off. I, I almost
1: you got the shorts out, the suntan lotion, the bikini.
3: Oh yeah, oh the, yeah. The Thong is on, brother. It's rocking the, that throng.
1: the yellow polka dot bikini.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got that leopard thong though, right? You got you got well, Mister Fur. <laughs> it's the fur,
1: you know. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, we got Ginger Texas in the house. What's up, brother? And then you go down to the swamp marshes of Florida. Damn, Florida. I remember when I was in Iraq and we were watching this TV show and it said Florida up next. And I was like, Florida. And somebody was like, no, it's the rapper. And I was like, who the fuck means themselves after a state, apparently a rapper. Anyway, it is the supervisor of the psych ward gang. It's the Marine Crown Eater himself. He
2: likes to go hog hunting once in a while. It's Sergeant Wardog. What's up, baby? We're going in tonight. Where are we going in? Wherever we can get in, bro. (laughs) Just a tip word. No lube. Just asking. No lube necessary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we do have tonight a very special guest. Her name is Donna Hoffmeyer. How are you doing this evening, Donna? I'm good. How are you? doing great fantastic as long as my monitor stays on during the show we're doing wonderful and how that I say that I probably jinx myself and it's going to sure. blink in and out and I'm going to go silent and you guys are going to be like oh, what's he doing why is he talking <laughs> it's my monitor um but before we get into uh, Donna's, uh, what, why she's on here and, and her history. We do have a few special announcements. It is October 21st, like I said, and we do have some stuff going on at the DV radio store at dvradio.net. I know that I got asked, um, when was it? Today is Saturday, so I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. If we had any promos going on, and yes, we do have a promo going on until tomorrow, October twenty second. You can get free standard shipping on all your orders. Just be sure that you click the redeem button because if you don't click the redeem button, that doesn't go towards your order. Um, but also where we've had some issues with the store from October twenty fourth through October twenty sixth, you can get twenty five percent off of everything. Again, click. Click the redeem button or it won't go towards your order. Uh, so those are the two promos that we've got going on now. Um, if you get over there, you've got DV Radio merchandise. You've got uh, Sergeant Wardogs, Asymptom, and Psych Ward game stuff. <laughs> if you guys don't have an Asymptom shirt, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the uh, Your Life Matters. Uh, that goes towards Change Unchained as well as DV against DV merchandise. Uh, we've got the breast cancer awareness. Uh, it's okay to grab your cupcakes. I thought that was cute. And then my friend was like, what does that mean? And it's a female. And I was like, boobies. And she was like, what? <laughs> So that was one, um, but it will go towards, uh, um, we, we are working again with bluebird services out of, uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, and it'll go to, uh, someone that's dealing with breast cancer. Uh, then we have DB farm merch, uh, as I said, Sergeant Dog merch, PTS dog merch, Betsy Ross merch. And I believe that's it. Point Dog, help me. <laughs>
3: Uh, chain unchained. Are we still doing that for DB against DB? You mentioned yes. that? I don't know. Yep. I didn't mention that. One. I'm sorry.
1: I'm I've slept <laughs> since the other day. So, um, I think I've slept. I might have just passed out. I'm on a out. I,
3: I hear be. you, man. I had like an hour and a half yesterday, Friday and, yeah, he, uh, got off work and then took a nap and then went picked up a new computer <laughs> and then had some books signed by Betsy. So we can get those finally sent out to those folks that Carla won not Betsy. That. back and like, what's that? Carla, not Betsy. Or, yeah. Carla. Sorry. <laughs> well, book from Betsy are getting sent out as well, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I met up with Carla. You're right. I did meet up with Carla. Got those books signed finally and, uh, we'll get those sent out here hopefully shortly. But uh, the only other announcement I have is that, you know, Air Force Falcons beat the Navy, you know, midshipmen, 17 to zero or 17 to something. I don't remember what it was. 17 to six. We whooped her ass. It doesn't matter. So Air <laughs> Force over the Navy. There you go. Just figured I'd throw that in there. Lord, man,
1: I sort of wish I was still into sports, but I just I got so out of it back when I was in Iraq and they kept changing rules and adding this and I was like, I'm done. Uh, it was like pre-offensive cancel ship stuff. I got okay, tired. Anyway, um enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh you did tell us about your week. Uh Sergeant Wardock, how's your week been, brother?
2: Um, been pretty good actually, man. Um somehow, some way, I won an award from um organization called Corporate Livewire. We won mm-hmm. an award this week for uh best supporting uh veterans uh nonprofit for the year. Yeah. Cool deal. And cool. then um, no VA appointments. Uh, just, you know, doing the suburban dad thing, taking my girls to cheerleading, gymnastics, that sort of stuff.
3: And uh, Shit, that's a full-time gig right there, man.
2: Dad, tell me about it, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I only had one girl that had to take the gymnastics, so I I, I feel your pain, man.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Lord. No, uh, other than that, uh, it's been a pretty uninventful week, brother. I hear you. I hear you. Recoil would be on tonight.
1: Uh, but he did go do some stuff with his nephew, uh, early this morning. And when he got back, he was like, I'm exhausted. I was like, go get you some rest, brother. Um, so hopefully he'll be on next week, but without further ado, Miss Donna Hoffmeyer, please introduce yourself to our wonderful listeners listening live on our own podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, your military background and what it is you're currently doing.
0: Mm. Of which neither of them match at all. So let's see. So, because <laughs> why, why do you want that? It's boring. Um, so yeah, 21 years Air Force nurse and, uh, yeah, I did that for a long time. Part of that was flight nurse. That was probably the best. I think everybody has like a highlight in their career. And mine was, uh, being a flight nurse. And uh, I got to help out when the USS Cole blew up. I got to help go recover that. And that's always a momentous moment. And I still have some of the closest friends from that assignment. So, yeah. That's all awesome. Every time I think of Air Force, I, I think of me as a flight nurse. Those were my my best days. Unfortunately, I didn't retire on those best days. I retired many years later and um was a staffer. Or is that what they call a Rump? You guys, right? Y'all familiar with Rump?
1: Oink would be, not me. <laughs> I was army.
0: Nani, you guys know what REMF is? Point. Army, nothing. Point. Rear echelon, motherfucker. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry. I
2: heard. AKA
0: personnel staffers.
3: <laughs> gotcha. Flightline yeah. guys call them noners, but that's besides the point.
0: Noners. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one too. Yes. Yes. So I ended up in a staffer job my last too many years, like eight years, but I had a really, it was a cool job and what I was doing. The mission was good. The bureaucracy is was just was fucked up. And so, um, we had this niche job where we helped take care of the garden reserve. And if they got injured, um, a lot of times they'd end up home. So if they got injured military orders and then they come off orders. Military is like, well, we can't help you. You're not on orders. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody got wise and developed a program called MedCon. And we got to take care of every guard and reserve base in the U.S. and Guam and Puerto Rico and Hawaii and Alaska and everywhere um, and help them get their medical care. So either A, they could get back to duty or B, we could medically retire them. Uh, before you go
1: any further, I gotta say that was one of the greatest things they've done for Garden Reserve, cause it's a really overlooked part of the military, cause people just believe, oh, they're weekend warriors, they don't do nothing, but yeah, what happens when you have a disaster in this country? hurricane or you know a fire or whatever it's it's your garden reserve that go in first they are the ones that take care of all this and they're so overlooked it's not even funny hell i was in the national guard and we were 10 months straight in iraq i mean yeah. <laughs> that was my only deployment granted but 10 months is not easy um for a lot of no. people um it was for me because i just seen it as like a mini vacation uh from the bullshit that i had to deal with at home because i was going through a lot of stuff uh family and all that but right that's i think that was one of the big um uh, I, I don't know what term to use for that that was a, a huge accomplishment in my opinion for Garden reserve um but anyway back to your story sorry but
0: it's true no no you're i mean you're on the money and the thing people don't understand is you know when people are like oh you're doing the garden reserve it's just one week in a month two weeks a year and i'm like yeah and then we got to do everything the active duty does We got to keep up all the same computer training the training training i mean i was a readiness officer when i was in the reserves for uh, actually for a couple years and i mean I didn't work one weekend a month. I worked yeah. like
1: three days a week and one weekend a month. <laughs> yeah. I was crazy. asked, I, I'm, I'm asked all the time, what would I be doing right now if I didn't have what's going on with me going on? And I was like, either I would be sitting in the office in the armory or I would be at headquarters in the D because I was a cook. And I was like, I, that would be the only two things I'd be doing. Cause I had to turn it into a career. Cause I loved it. I loved the com- camaraderie. And I don't think people understand that either. That's a, that's a bis- a big misconception is, oh, you just, you like the adrenaline rush. I, I like adrenaline rush, but I don't want to yeah, sit I mean, there I'll and kill do, people but... all the time, right? Like <laughs> mean, that's not my, that's
4: not what I want to do. You know,
0: <laughs> but when you're adrenaline rush, like, you know, when we did, um, you know, like, well, I'll just use the USS Cole as the example. When we did that, I mean, we, we were calling people off a of leave to come launch us. Mm-hmm. We were leaving at two in the morning. Like we were, we were called in at midnight to do a mission to take off at, But I guess it was some ungodly hour to fly a bazillion hours, go get these guys, come back, you know, and you know what? It wasn't me doing it. It wasn't that other guy doing it. It was all of us doing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the adrenaline rushing is coming, it's not coming by ourselves. We're not just by ourselves in this moment. We're there with a lot of other people that we have to rely on.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And, And people don't get that, you know, like that camaraderie comes with that adrenaline rush too right you've got to lean on each other i mean there were people that on a day-to-day basis in personal life like i didn't resonate with them i'm just like mm-hmm. mm, you know you're not my style but when shit was going downhill and i'm getting told by you know the lays on yemen uh yeah get out of our country i'm like yeah yeah we'll be on that i just gotta like, triage these guys no now put them in your plane and go i'm like oh shit. So the person that I wasn't overly fond of, I'm just like, dude, we got to go. Let's let's config. Let's go. And they're like, yep, yep. Got it. You know, we put all that shit aside and we just mm-hmm. get it done.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot and of people don't really. You know, yeah. another part of the adrenaline know. rush is doing a hundred things at once, right? Because I'll tell you right now, um I don't have one thing happening right now. I'm probably got 15 projects going on and then Amen. my mind has 30 more going on. Um, we had Black Rambo on last week and like I was telling you during the pre-show and he's the same way. Like he had, he, and I hate the word bored. I don't know what other terms to use, but he gets bored easily. So he has to move on to another thing and another thing and another thing. And it's the same way I think for a lot of veterans or quote unquote prior service, you know, we have a hundred thousand things going on at any given time. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's, that's kind of what happened to me when I got out, when I retired was during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I, I came back from a spring break with the kids. I remember it was March 16th, day before my birthday. And, and I went to work and it was, I was amazingly, I wasn't feeling very well. I'm like, ah, oh, I just kind of feel malaise. And one of the guys I was working with, he's like, ah, oh, just go home. He's like, come back in a couple of days, you know, get some rest. I'm like, all right. That was the last day I put the uniform on. I didn't know I was going to be that way, but I walked out the door on March 16th. I never put the uniform back on. I didn't retire until September 30th. Wow. And I never physically put that uniform back on the next day, the base shut down. And now I'm looking at my husband who he's retired military, but he was working at that time. He was working in GS. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my two kids who went to school on base and we're all looking at each other. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like what the hell are we doing now? And so, uh, that was a hard stop for me. I mean, I was working from home, which at the time I was loving it because my work environment was pretty toxic. And so I was like, oh, this is great. I can just go to a meeting, and hang a phone up, freaking awesome, or turn my camera off or whatever. So that part was nice. But, you know, when September 30th come, came, I went from, you know, in the military to Mrs. Hoffmeyer, you know, like boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was no, I had no retirement. I had no ceremony. I had, I had nothing. And honestly, you know, people are like, oh my God, that's so sad. I'm like, "Mm, uh, yes and no. I mean, I didn't want to do a retirement and I, this sounds horrible, but the office I was working out of, I would say the majority of my peers, I had no interest in having them come to my retirement and say a whole bunch of bullshit that I knew it wasn't true. I'm like, the reason why you're coming is to make sure I'm actually retiring. That's why you're there. (laughs) Um. So I had no interest in any of that. I'm just like, ah, whatever. But I had um, put together a party off base, brought in the people I wanted, I had music, everything was very much intentional. And the year before, um, a buddy of mine was killed in a car accident, hit on collision, and he was one of our workmates. And, you know, that took a toll on all of us, right? And so we're all trying to deal with that. And then boom, I'm going into retirement. So it was my way of like saying thank you to my family and giving back and kind of honoring him and kind of like this whole thing. When I had to cancel that one, that sucked. That's what Mm. really sucked for me because Mm. that was something that I planned. It was very intention and, you know, filled and I was bringing the people in I wanted to. So that was hard. But, you know, October 1st, I was like Donna Hoffmeyer. I didn't even get a phone call. I didn't even get a phone call like Congratulations, you're retired. Nothing. Like not even my parents. <laughs> like yeah. nobody. No, you know, I
3: think that's something that a lot of us that did retire kind of realize. You know, you spend 20, 21, 23, whatever the case may be, even 30 years, you know, serving a country, you know, doing your thing. And then, you know, that 30 years and that one day or whatever the case may be, it's like they dropped you like a bad habit. Boom, no died. phone calls, nobody cares, no, no calls from the commanders, not even a week later to say, Hey, how you transitioning? How you doing? Not Nothing. Fun. Yep. Yeah. Actually, you
0: know- my, my direct boss came, cause my, I didn't even get a retirement c- certificate for like another year. They were all backlogged and it was a mess. But, um, my boss came to my house and read off my, uh, certificate and then my medal and I remember being extremely tense when that was like, I, I something was triggering me mm-hmm. and it it was not good. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if I was processing or what, all I know is like when she mm-hmm. did all that and then she started talking to me about stuff, I went off on her. Like I, <laughs> I literally went off like all that frustration everything just kind of came out and she... She took it gracefully. I was like, "Damn!" Like, <laughs> my husband was like, I'm pretty sure she didn't come here for that. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even realize I had just literally blown off, like lost my, I, I really just went off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that wasn't, that was not one of my finer moments in life, but um, is what it is. Um And so, yeah, I, I just kind of lost my cookies at that point. And then I just crashed. I mean, I, I was not, people are like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm painting rocks. And they're just like, ha ha, they're laughing. They're like, no, really, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm painting rocks.
4: <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, and I'm doing that masochistic, sadistic, bedazzle thing. Did You ever see those? Those little, like that you lay them out and they have those beads that you're supposed to stick yep. to the specific dots. And they're so tiny that you can't even see it with a magnifying glass kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's almost so like colored by numbers, like, but it's colored yeah. by bead numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: this thing, I couldn't even see the damn thing. I was like, what does that say? And I would be doing that and I would just get so... Frustrated with it and I would just be sticking them on and then I, oh God, and I was like, why am I doing this? This sucks. And, and I did, (laughs) I lived in that for like six months and a friend of mine who worked a lot with, um, meditation, she worked with people with meditation. And, uh, and she said to me, she's like, uh, she goes, you're, you're angry, you know, and you need to get through this. And I'm like, okay. And so I did it. I did it through meditation. And for six straight months and two straight months, I cried. Every time I meditated, I cried. And, I, and I'm and i not a crier. I, like, my husband might have seen me twice in like 20 years. And I'm like, hey, I keep crying. Like I don't know why. Like, what is this? She's like, just keep doing it. You're fine. I'm like, how long is it going for? She's like, when it's done, two months. I was like, holy shit. They're just processing all yeah. of it. You know, whole career, processing yep. all the bullshit, et cetera, et cetera.
1: It's funny because I, I yeah. I'm almost on the yeah. same boat, except I got medicaled out. Um I came we came back in February. Um and then I think it was that September of 2010, I had to get an emergency colonoscopy, found out that I'm, you know, diagnosed with Crohn's and I had my last drill in December of 2010. And then I think January of 2011 is when Ken passed away. And then November I get the, Hey, the medical board says you're done. And I was just like, huh? And I just got a sheet of paper in the mail. Like That was a, you know, um, and it's not that my unit didn't reach out, but at the same time I did feel something, uh, I guess negative, I guess missing when that happens. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to say CFI or I love you guys or anything. Cause that was uh, honestly, that was, that's probably the best unit by far that I know of. Um, because they all cared about each other. They helped us when we were really bad in a, in a really bad financial spot. And stuff like that. So I, I think there was some animosity towards the fact that I didn't get to say, you know, I, I'm not coming back or anything like that. And like you said, I put that uniform on the last time, didn't know that it wouldn't be the last time. And then get a sheet of paper saying the medical board sees you unfit to continue your service or, or whatever that paragraph and a half says and then it's signed. Um, But yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a big thing for a lot of, uh, veterans and, uh, service members. Um, so you've been in the air force, uh, you're a veteran nurse, uh, as we were talking in the pre-show, you've got a few podcasts going on, um, rebel hyphen LLC.com is, the website yep. what is rebel i know it's obviously means something because it's r e b e l and it's a period after each and then el is lowercase while reb is uppercase so can you tell us a little bit about that and what got yep. you started into that
0: yeah actually it, it, it's funny you noticed you said something a lot of people are like oh yeah they kind of noticed it after the fact <laughs> so i had told you that um my buddy was killed in a car accident and uh, hit on collision, died instantly. Um, And it that took a blow to everybody, including myself. And he was supposed to be retiring, like, not long after me. And he was always pushing me, like, to, well, he's like, you should run for for Congress, you should run for Senate. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You do a background <laughs> check on me? No, no, thanks. Like, <laughs> fuck that.
4: We're already on list.
0: <laughs> so, you know, like,
4: yeah,
1: I said, we're all already on list. We don't need that list.
0: <laughs> right, right. I was like, yeah, I'm probably on a watch list somewhere. Exactly. And so uh, you know, that was kind of like a running joke. And, and he's like, you know, maybe, maybe we should go to, you know, GC and talk to him. And, and if you could imagine this guy was like, um, uh, big Texas drawl accent. Uh, if we all went out like an office, you know, we went out for like an office event or something, he would come in overalls. Like I should not. And I would tell him like, do, Rick, do not show up in overalls, like put on a, like a shirt and jeans or something. And he'd just laugh. Um, And so he was just real Southern, at least you thought he was. He's actually from Pennsylvania, but he took on the whole Texas persona. And but he was ridiculously intelligent. Policy, oh my God, backwards and forwards. Um, he worked with me on policy. That's what I did at the end of my, you know, career in that office. And I just learned a ton from him. I mean, I, I really did. So he was a friend, he was a mentor. And he was an enormous veteran advocate. And I don't care if he was talking to a, a two-star or he's talking to an airman. They got the same equal treatment, same respect. He he just advocated so hard. So we had talked about, you know, starting a nonprofit, you know, when we got out and, uh, you know, veteran advocacy and all that stuff. And so then all this happened, uh huge blow. And when I got out the first six months, I couldn't even function. I mean, I just sucked. And then at the six month mark, the only thing I could do, I kept hearing, write, just write. So I started a blog called Taken Off the Armor. And I still write that blog. It's once a week. It's kind of like, it's a little reflective. It's a little bit of what goes on in my life and how I bring it around into a lesson, essentially. Um, and so I did that for six months. And then the following October, I started the company Rebel LLC and Rebel that you see the REB stands for Richard Ellis Bennett, because that was his name.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And ironically, it just fit into Rebel. And ironically, that's kind of how he was. He definitely stood his ground. He always said, right reasons, but, um, you know, at the right time, you know, doing things for the right reasons, you know, and he goes, if you are, he's like, you're never going to be wrong. And so I did, I started Rebel LLC and which initially, was going to be veteran coaching, and it's still coaching. It's part of it. It's to get people to understand that they got to take off these layers, kind of like my blog, taking off the armor, right? You got to get these layers off to be able to know what to do next. Because in the military, and you guys will all relate to this, y'all know how to navigate really well in the military, right? We know when we walk in a room, we're sizing up people, We know who's who. We get the scoop. We know when shit's going to go downhill. We know how to sidestep it if, you know, the smart ones do, right? We know how to sidestep. We know how to anticipate. We're very good at navigating. We profile people well because we move all the time, right? We're moving every two seconds. And then we've got to work with people that we don't have a choice about, right? So you better be good at profiling people to know how to work with them. So we know all that. And when we get out... Guess what we don't know about? We don't know about ourselves. Because we've been too busy putting service before self, taking care of everybody else, being a battle buddy, being a wingman, you know, making sure that we're not on a shit list somewhere, um, whatever it is, right? Uh, We've been really busy with that for a really long time. And we lose our sense of self. We, We really don't know who we are. And we don't know who we are. And then we're in a whole environment that we don't even understand the civilian world, right? Now we got to learn that, but have no instincts. So the coaching is to help peel back some of that um, and get back in touch with yourself and then be able to move forward and do what you want to do, which is hopefully not just run and immediately get your GS job. I mean, if you want to go to it at first as a safety net, great. But what are you working towards? What do you want to do, right? So that's, that's where it started, but then it kept morphing. And so I've written two books. Um, I wrote one while I was in the military. It's called worried Patriot citizen. It's a transition book. It's geared towards people prior to retirement. Like, are you ready to get out? Cause as you guys know, y'all have your moments where you're like, fuck this. I'm done, mm-hmm. done. I'm out. And then something, you know, for me, my two little kids come running up to me and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not done quite yet. I got to, I got to take care of these guys. Right. So we've all had those moments, but if you hit that moment and say, no, really, I am done. This is it. Are you ready? And so that's what the book talks about. Like, are you ready? Are you financially ready? Is your shit in order? If you're done, are you making a game plan? And we interviewed a bunch of people and we put all quotes from them in there, their advice. It's not a book of like the world according to us. It was their advice and, and all that. So I did that back in 17 before I retired. And then um when the pandemic hit, I wrote a second book. It wasn't intended. I was writing Facebook posts because when the pandemic hit, as you all know, it was chaos. Like we were having toilet paper crisis i mean (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) we're stressing over toilet paper like okay and we didn't know what was going on right we were all blind and i i am slightly snarky and so to relieve stress i would write these posts on facebook and i would just kind of put what was going on during the day because i think when we talked before the show we were saying like Things happen that people wouldn't even believe are happening. And I think that's what I was doing is documenting this going, we nobody's going to believe this shit really happens, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. We're going to forget about this. So I would do it just for my friends, just to relieve my stress and make them laugh. I, that's all I was doing. So my uh, my friends would just chuckle. And I did it for 86 straight days. And then I'm like, I gotta retire. Like seriously, I, I can't write. I'm writing at one in the morning. Like, I gotta retire. And then I stopped writing and my friends are like, Hey, are you are you gonna write any more posts? I'm like, no, nah, I gotta retire. And they're like, <laughs> No, no, we read this at breakfast and we just laugh and laugh. Like, it's hilarious. And I'm like, Well, good, that that was the point. So then they were like, you know, you've written a book before, you should write another one. You should write a book. And I was like, write a book on what this you, you should make this a book. So I went to my editor. I was like, Hey, I'm getting kind of egged on to do this. I said, what do you think? And he's like, you should do it. He was like, you should, you should write it. So I went back and grabbed all 86 posts, had to go hunt them down because I didn't hashtag any of them. <laughs> now I know the purpose of hashtags. <laughs> and Reformatted it and I put them in, it's just a journal type. It's like a day to day thing, you know, day one to day 86. And it was all these posts for 86 straight days. And then my daughter, who was eight going on nine, she was like, mommy, you need pictures. <laughs> I'm like, all right, draw some pictures. She did. She drew 86 pictures. She actually drew almost a hundred because we had to reformat a couple of them. 'Cause you know, the picture of her holding the banana didn't look like her holding a banana. (laughs) So we had to we had to fix that.
4: Kids drawings are the best.
0: Yeah. I was like, no, she goes, but it's a banana I like, I know, honey, but like like thousands of other people have to also know it's a banana and trust me. (laughs)
4: <laughs> not
1: going to <laughs> We got Marines reading this, sweetie. They need to know exactly what
4: that is. <laughs> right.
0: They need to understand. I should have had him write banana, right. not what you think. <laughs> yeah. So she did. She wrote. It was just uh, simple, you know, stick figure pictures, that kind of thing. But we would read each journal day and we'd pick out one thing and she'd draw a picture of it. And, you know, it's from an adult perspective. So. I smoothed it a little bit. I took the swear words and put, you know, the dollar signs in there. And, uh, I put a little, um, caveat that although I reference drinking almost every day, I, I promise I wasn't drinking that much, you know, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I made that mistake struggling. in my last,
3: uh, PHA assessment. I was in in training mode and my boss said, you know, I'm not signing your leave until you uh, get this training done and get your online PHA and all that stuff scheduled. So I'm just clicking through these, you know, typical Air Force slides, right? You know, power. so I'm just clicking. Then I hop on the online PHA and I'm just clicking. I didn't look at shit. So I go on leave. I come back from leave. I go to my assessment. Lady looks at me and, you know, 730 in the morning. She's like. Okay, everything looks good here. She goes, but uh, we do have one area of concern. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, uh, you self-identified as being an alcoholic, and I'm like, say what? She goes, yeah. Every question you uh, you thought about drinking, you had 30 drinks a day. You did. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And she turned the computer screen around, and whatever the max was, that's what yeah. I clicked on because I was great on everything, right? You know, I'm, I'm, my health is good. I'm feeling great. You also drank a lot. You also. It's thought about drinking. Oh so God. so I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. And she goes, yeah. So since you self-identified, you got the three mandatory ADAPT appointments. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm getting ready to retire. I don't need this shit. You know, she goes, I'm sorry. She goes, maybe you could talk to your first, you know, your first sergeant about it and see about getting out of it. And of course they're like, no, nope. No, we didn't think it was you being self-identified, but, uh yeah, maybe you'll learn something out of these three classes. I'm like, son of a bitch. So, yeah, yeah don't just don't. start clicking through shit.
4: <laughs> that is awesome.
3: See, I would expect
1: that from somebody yeah, like, like Sergeant like Wardog going, but not you
4: well, you know, like I said,
3: I'm in <laughs> fucking training mode and it's these stupid CBTs, death by freaking, you know, yep. yeah. PowerPoint for crying out loud. So I'm just clicking through the shit. I'm not reading a damn thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, a little word to the wise, make sure you read the questions before you select what you're doing. Always. You go to three mandatory a depth appointments. Just saying, <laughs>
0: if you're going to bullshit, say that. Make sure you know what you're bullshitting. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> well, That's she's true. like, I didn't think it would be, uh, you were self-identifying because it's seven 30 in the morning and you're actually answering me coherently and you're not smelling like mm-hmm. alcohol. I'm like, yeah, no shit lady,
0: come on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is the best. Oh my God. that's awesome. Yeah, that, when that book came out, it, I mean, it, it was just a, it was fart, it was farcical, it was real, but I mean, I was just really being sassy about it. I mean, that's all it really was. So I did, I kind of going back to what Rebel is, is that, um, after I did two of those books, I self-published and if anybody's never done it before, Holy shit, that's like yeah. a roller coaster ride, <laughs> and you're drunk and blind and and off you go. I mean, um, it it's scary because you don't know who to trust, you don't know what you're doing, you know. So the first time I didn't know what I was doing. The second time, I had a better idea and I, I could navigate much better. So after doing that twice, I, in my head I was like, you know, there needs to be a way where somebody like helps self publishers, like people that want to self publish, like first time. And that was just a thought in my head. And it was one of those things I was telling my husband. I'm like, you know, if I was going to do it, it would be like this. And that's all it was. I'm like me. And somebody got a hold of my book. It was an editor. And she wrote me this DM that was like a half mile long. It was so many compliments. I'm like, what's the hitch here? Like, what do you want? You know, when it's too nice, you're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> something. For veterans, you're like, too nice doesn't work in our world. You're like, mm. yeah. So she's like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you a 30 minute, uh, consult, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, she wants to hook me up for like another book or something. So I was like, I'll play. Let's just see what's going on. Well, it wasn't, she was actually real legit. She was writing a article on self publishers and wanted, they're basically interviewing them to get advice. Okay. And I don't know what possessed me, but I, I kind of pitched my idea. I was like, you know, if I was going to do it again. You know, this is what I would do. And she looked at me and she goes, let's do this. And I'm like, what? She was, I think you should do the business. And I'm like, okay. So now I have Publishing Pathfinders, (laughs) which is a uh, business for people that want to self-publish, but they want to own the whole thing. This isn't like, I want to turn it into people and then they give me a nice book and then off we go. Like, yeah, no, that's crap. This is where people that are like, I want high quality, I want solid editors. You're gonna play market price. You're not gonna write a book for 75 bucks, slap some funky cuz you know, cover on it that your cousin did. Um, and it's not that. It's I've got solid graphic designer, I've got editors, I've got um formatter, I've got a web designer, um, and I, we do market, we help them with marketing, like we teach them, you know, this is what you need to think of. This is how you need to do it kind of thing. And so it just launched, uh, this month was the official launch. It's more of a soft launch to me than a hard one. Um, because I've got, (laughs) she
3: said. No. Right. I knew, as soon as
0: I said that, I was like, that is the wrong word. There it
4: goes.
0: <laughs>
4: but, um, we're,
0: we're done. Yeah. And the show is over.
4: Right. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So I, I, I had that side and then, um, I made another DBA called the transitioning warrior, which just solidified, um, the coaching, consulting, and advocacy for um, the veteran side. So Rebel is like a parent company. And then just think of it like Procter & Gamble, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the parent company. And then tra- self-publishing Pathfinders is that one side of the house. Transitioning Warrior is the other side of the house. And we do a lot of uh, stuff in the Transitioning Warrior. We just had... Um, Two events I, I helped put on. We did one at a local baseball team here, the missions. We got three suites. We filled up two with sponsors and, um, realtors. And the reason why was realtor is realtors, cause the guy helping me was a realtor. And so he was using it as, you know, kind of a, uh, business kind of thing. And then the third one was veterans and we made some very specific rules. We're like, here's the deal. None of you, business owners, sponsors, realtors, you will not solicit to the veterans. Like if we find out, you will not come back to this again, but you can talk to them as people and you can say who you are. And if they ask about you and your business, you can say what you do. It's not a problem, but there is absolutely no soliciting. I said, but if somebody comes to you and wants information, you're absolutely allowed to do that. And so we did it the first time at a missions game. Um, and it went over swimmingly. It was awesome. And everybody had so much fun at it. We had tons of swag. We had Spurs tickets. We were raffling off. We had, we had all kinds of stuff. Um, and so the feedback came back and they're like, wow, like I didn't feel pressured. And I was like, yeah, that's the whole intent. And, and then we did it again and we just had it. It was at, uh, Toyota Field here in San Antonio and it was, um, the professional soccer team, and we got two suites. Same idea. One side was sponsors, business owners, and the other side was veterans. They can all go into each other's suites. They can all mingle. No soliciting. I don't let them have contact information. The business owners, I am the only one that has their email address, phone number. And one of the people there was saying to another person, What's the catch?
4: Mm
0: -hmm. And the other person knew me and she's like, Oh, there's no catch here. Donna's not letting that happen. And they're like, no, come on. There's going to be a catch. She's like, they'll, they'll tell you about what they're, they do as the sponsors, but they won't sell you anything. And we didn't, you know, she came to me afterwards and she goes, I was blown away. She goes, it's like the first time I've come to one of these events and didn't feel like I was going to have to buy something or my email or my text message would get blown up by all these businesses. I'm like, because the intent is, that you meet these people as people, and they meet you as people. And if there's a connection, you connect. And if you want to talk afterwards, great. If you don't, great. But it, if you're interested in leveling up and learning more and maybe doing a business or maybe just met somebody that has similar background as you and just want to learn more, maybe they become a mentor or whatever, then they're there.
1: So basically, a place where people can network and consult with people that have been in it for a minute,
0: if they want to, right? And if they don't, and if it's overwhelming to them, they can go sit outside and watch the game. So, There's no obligation. I, I watch people that that would get kind of like overwhelmed a little bit, and I and I watched. I was kind of you know scoping the rooms, and they would go outside and sit for half an hour, mm-hmm. watch the game, whatever. <laughs> they Come back inside, I mean, maybe grab some food.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and and like we were talking in the pre-show, right? Like we were talking in the pre-show, it's understandable. I mean, you said yourself you hate crowds. I think all of us sitting here right now hate crowds, and we can only take so much of a crowd at a time. Um, even when everybody was here at my house a few years ago. Uh, a couple of them came in the house and one of them was like, yep, I'm done. And logged out and hadn't even come in through the door. The door was still open. He's like, yep, I'm done. I'm going out. Um, I was like, I'll be out there in a few minutes. <laughs> you guys go relax. Um, but, uh, I know you've got rebel hyphen com where, uh, everything is about the self-publishing and rebel, uh, but where can people find out more about the transitioning warrior?
0: same place it's my my website is actually going into renovation and okay. all of this is gonna you'll see uh transitioning where it actually will be there when it gets all renovated so that whole website will be both sides of the house okay. so and you'll get to see the events we're starting um veteran breakfast in january and i kind of do the same idea just on a smaller sc- scale where i bring business owners to sponsor and then i bring in speakers and um you get to come to breakfast, it's an hour and a half. And it's all with intention. So you guys are probably similar to me. Like if you say, Hey, do you want to go to a networking event? I'll be like, Hey, you want to go pound sand? I'm
4: yeah. Like, Fuck exactly. no. I don't <laughs> want to, go to a
0: networking event.
4: Welcome ah.
1: to the family, y'all. And so um. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, Like y'all, y'all get it, right? Mm-hmm. So I I never liked it. I had a friend that would bring me to these like networking events, and I would just sit there and I'd be like, God, "Tell me when it's over." And and what I had to learn was that one, there are really good people that are doing businesses that are authentic. Um, there's also sharks. You know, I, hell, I know some veterans that own businesses that I wouldn't do any business with them because they're just sharks, charlatans, snake We are with you
1: one hundred thousand percent. We get that so much. Uh-huh. Like there are some of these they, veterans they out there. They prey on the
0: veterans because they know.
1: Yeah, and and that's the sad part, yeah. right? We're a community, and and what is our biggest thing to help mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters and their families? And the fact that right. they are. Just as bad as the government and other nonprofits that are out here. Hey, let me prey upon you for a moment, but I'm going to use these trigger words and get yeah. at your emotions. Like, I just literally want to yeah, punch them know, in the nuts and tell do. them to go fuck themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super, and it's super annoying too. So when I, I decided I, I am, uh I'm the a co-chair of Veterans Council and out here in the outskirts of san antonio and and that's where the veteran breakfast started and we just started as like hey come come to taco right come to breakfast and that's all it was and we had since morphed it to sponsors and um speakers and it people liked it and then people kept asking me they're like donna what do you what do you do for that breakfast i'm like what do you mean and they're like, well, I mean, like people come from like 30, 40 minutes away. I'm like, oh, I guess it's a good taco. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And then I'm like, well, it's going to be the people, right? They're warming, they're welcome, you know, like that. So I got, I got asked over and over. And finally I was like, all right, so maybe I should just break this down. And what is it that I do? We do. It's not me. I, I'll never say I don't do anything specific. It is this, the environment, right? So what does this environment look like? And what's the breakdown of the environment that makes this work? So after I did that, and I, I kind of went through it, I just, I had people saying, why aren't you going to start it over here? And of course, you know, San Antonio is massive, right? It's like 2 million with the surrounding area. And so it, it, we're veteran saturated. So I was like, okay, so somebody kept asking me to start it in another city out, just outside of San Antonio. And I said, okay, let's do this. So I had to figure out how to do this under my business, but ethically. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm not gonna ask sponsors for money and then then what? You know, like it'll pay for some breakfast, and then do I just get left? I'm like, this I gotta have something that works for everybody. So the way it ends up working is that we have a business come sponsor event. They're allowed to come speak for five, ten minutes about, you know, what they do, their business, or whatever topic they want to hit. It doesn't matter, as long as it's a value to the veteran. And then um Part of their sponsorship. So about 40% of it will go to a nonprofit that I actually partner with. So the nonprofit will be there and it, it'll be like a veteran focused nonprofit and a smaller one because they don't have marketing dollars. So this gives them some direct contact with businesses and veterans and they can be present and you know, they're talking with people. They get to tell them what the nonprofit is. And then the. Uh rest of it goes to pay for portions of the breakfast, depending on what level of sponsorship they're at. So it could go anywhere from like 10 or 12 people it covers to up to the whole breakfast, which would be like 30, 35. Um, and then there's just a the small portion, I don't know, less than 20% that I use for marketing, you know, promotional, administrative, like that kind of stuff. And it made sense to me. And I was like, this makes sense because now what we're doing is the businesses cuz that's what I keep finding businesses are like oh we want to help but we don't know what to do it's like they're window shopping they see all these veterans sitting on a shelf and they don't know how to help them like i want to i want to help but i don't know what to do well hell, i can help you with that so they get to meet veterans veterans get to meet them and they get to smell them out and be like hey that's a good person and you know how it goes right i mean that's a good person that's running a business they're going to be loyal followers and you know that right
4: mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, here in San Antonio, we have there's a street that on one corner has Starbucks, on the other corner has Black Rifle, like right side by side, and it's hilarious. Um, I used to do a little uh, lunch down nearby at a restaurant, and if we were meeting with people afterwards. All the veterans, they'd be like, hey, yeah, you want to meet at Black Rifle? Yeah, 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 let's go. And the civilians would be like, oh, do you want to meet at Starbucks? And if they were talking to a veteran, they'd be like, nah, let's go to Black Rifle. (laughs) 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 Because we trust the brand, because they were veterans, because they've been there, that kind of thing. So the brand gets trusted. So I'm trying to explain to businesses, you you build trust with these veterans, they will be loyal to you. They'll be loyal to your brand. Um, And so I'm giving everybody the opportunity to meet each other. And then the nonprofits, obviously, the businesses get to meet these nonprofits. And if something works there, maybe the business wants to work with the nonprofit, you know, and the nonprofit gets to market themselves to the veterans and hopefully be of service to these veterans. So to me, it's just a huge win win
1: right, uh Sergeant Wordog, I know I've you know guided this interview most of the way, uh, but this is your guest. What do you wanna uh talk to Donna or ask her about?
2: I really was um wondering as far as uh what made what opened your eyes to wanna um uh, create the transitioning warrior
0: so honestly it was my my military time, so my last eight years working with uh veteran well, working with people that were going to be leaving the military. Um, I watched the stress. I watched um, them really be scared and go through like a whole grieving process. And they're like, I don't know what to do. If I, you know, and what people understand is that in some cases when you're dealing with Guard and Reserve, let's just take a, if there are cop security forces in the military, there's a chance that there are a cop in the civilian world too. And if they have an injury that renders them uh, not eligible for retention in the military, there's a good chance that they won't be retained in the police force too. That person just lost their entire identity in one swoop, mm-hmm. right? So they go through this huge grieving process. And I watched that and then they would get out and, and some of them kept in contact with me and I would see this struggle happen. And I was like, God, oh, we can do this better. You know, we we really can. And so it's just my small way to contribute. You know, I'm, I'm not changing the entire world. But if somebody gets some benefit out of it and they work with me or you know, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'm trying to find this and I'm advocating for them and I'm connecting them. I don't I don't charge for that. That's just the dumbest thing. I say like, oh, 10 bucks and I'll tell you, you know, I mean, that's just dumb. So that's all I do that just because that's what should be done. That's what we do, right? We take care of each other. And I watch it. I watch these guys that really don't have any awareness of what's right around them. There are so many nonprofits that sit right around us, but because they don't have marketing dollars, they can't get their name out, Mm -hmm. you know? So after seeing all that in the military and watching the struggle that they went through, um... And I need, I'm a person that, well, like you guys were saying, right? You, you can't just sit still. Yeah. And I thought, well, I must well be productive and create something cool. So here we are.
2: <laughs> right on. And um, were you on active duty when you wrote that first book?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was actually on oh, at ATR. Yeah. I was, I was a little crazy to do that, but I did. Yep.
2: How long does that take, if you don't mind me asking?
0: um from soup to nuts to get it uh written and then uh published printed was 2 years
4: that's not bad
0: no it would have been a little quicker the co-author I you know I jumped in it was I will tell you it was a happenstance this was not like let's strategically think about this this <laughs> I kid you not my friend of mine had a facebook post something about veterans and her friend wrote, uh, veterans need a new mission when they get out of the military. And I was like, yes, you're like that totally resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I made a comment back. I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. And he says, call me. Let's talk. I'm like, excuse me. So I did. And the next thing you know, two hours later, I have been convinced to write a book with him. <laughs> I I don't advise doing that. Just I'm letting you know, but that's what happened. (laughs) And so, yeah, two years later, it, it came out. I learned a lot. There was a lot of, a lot of pain and, um, holy shit moments and everything else, but it got done. You know, I did it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have a really close, two really close, uh, veteran brothers and sister. Uh, we got Mike Guardia. Um, and then we've got Betsy Ross. And both of them are, uh, they go through a lot, uh, especially, uh, Betsy, cause she has a rent, she has kids, she has jobs, she has, right, she has everything and then some. And I think
0: she follows me. Uh, I think Bet- she's on my Instagram. Betsy Ross. Author? Yeah. Yep.
3: She, does yeah. The, uh, she does a phenomenal job of the uh, transitioning out of the military, you know, fictional, uh, just fiction, but it's almost like nonfiction because of the situations that they're in. It's That's so awesome. realistic. Yeah, it's the fight series. It's 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 like I said, it's realistic fiction. Uh, I it, it really yeah. is.
1: Um, but I remember her and I was talking. Uh, I think it was between her first and second book, and uh, we were talking about publishing and all. And I was like, it is ridiculous the amount of bullshit and hassle that one person to publish a book has to go through and it is, it really is. Unless you've got a publishing company or somebody that's done it before a couple of times, it's like, it, it's basically okay. like being thrown into a war. Right. And being said, here, here's your gun. Here's your bomb. Yeah. Go do it. <laughs> like, t- t- take care of the mission. And <laughs> yeah. I, I've been writing a couple of uh, books myself and I'm not, I'm trying not to think about the publishing aspect but at the same time you have to when you write because...
0: do talk to me. I'll use yeah. I'll
1: you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you really do have to look at the end aspect, right? Because mm-hmm. while you're writing, you may think, Hey, I'm going to write a 600 page book and it's going to be great. And then you <laughs> write 600 pages and you go to format it and then you go through the editing process and this, that and the other. And it gets down to about 350 pages and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this isn't what I wanted. Like <laughs> I've seen that mm-hmm. a lot actually. Um, but sorry, uh, Sergeant Ward, did you want to ask anything else or talk to Donna about anything else?
2: Oh, that was primarily it. I, I've always wanted to know how she, um, you know, prepped so well for the transition in Warrior and what made her want to, you know, um help veterans in that way. And uh, she answered that, you know, I was saying that. Recoil said
1: it last week, and I'll say it again. If you haven't noticed, Donna, Sergeant Wardog is the most humble motherfucker. Um <laughs> He don't want to ask questions. He don't he don't
4: want like
3: <laughs> We love you, brother. Um
4: That's wait. funny.
3: I I got no questions, like I said. I've I'm appreciative of what you're doing and what you're continuing to do, you know, for those that are transitioning. Um I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things for somebody either separating from the military or like you and I, you know, or my wife we you know, retired from the military. It's yeah. just an awkward time for everybody. You know, like you said, you go from structured, you know, environment to where you know what you're doing, what the mission is, how to do it, the whole nine yards. And if you don't, there's, you know, either regulations or, you know, instructions telling you how to, if you don't know how to yeah. completely, you're free. Do what you want. And
0: you're, and you're, you're like, what form. the hell? You don't even yeah. have identity. Like, you know, people, when I say it, people that don't get it, they look at me like I'm, Oh, you just like wearing a uniform because it's cool. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. that has nothing to do with it. It's, like, <laughs> it's not that one. It's nice to not have to pick your clothes out. I will give you that. I'm right. just like, yeah, I can do that in my sleep. Like that was a stressor. I'm like, oh man, I have to. Yeah, and hair the hair trouble. standards
3: now for women. I mean, come on. I don't know if you've seen that recently. Oh, don't you even won't get,
0: get started. There. Oh, <laughs> okay. I will say day to day stuff. I can do like, I get the day to day stuff. But I I cannot even look when I see like a senior officer, senior unless anybody doing a formal ceremony, and they got a freaking ponytail. up. sorry, a <laughs> smart personal opinion, whatever. Oh, it's the weird. wife
3: is right there with you, a hundred percent.
0: Like, put it up in a fucking bun. Come on, like, like, look like you're there. Day to day, oh hell, I get you. That's that's totally fine by me. You're doing day to day stuff, but when you're like informal, come on. You in a whole nice outfit, you know, you're in your dress and then you get a ponytail <laughs> slapped together. Not even a nice one. just like slapped back there. I'm like, that's great.
1: Justin, yeah. wait until we get the man buns approved. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be next. I'm wait waiting for that it. Happens. I'm
1: waiting for it. I mean, I've been, you got I'm what? surprised.
0: Tattoos. Yeah. tattoos are all approved, right? They allow that some level of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've got the the hair, you know, with the women and the ponytails. What's not? Well,
3: I mean, the the full grown beard for men too. I mean, I had a fucking yeah, with, leprechaun with standing at the fucking front gate the other day. Come on. Yeah.
0: Well, recruitment is so bad right now. I, I kid you not. I actually know a recruiter here, and if I call him and say, "Hey, I'm doing an event. Do you want to come? Like, would you want to volunteer time?" Hell yeah. And he, he did an event that I was putting on. He shows up with, I kid you not full backpacks, like big, <laughs> big black, ba- just stuffed with army guard stuff, like just loaded. And they're like $200 worth of stuff in there. And they're giving this away like candy and I can get, he, he'll come and do whatever. And he's like, you know, I, I'll be there. And I said, you know, if you can recruit my population, you're damn good, because like they're all old. You know, we're all like way past, <laughs> right? And he goes, honestly, he's like, it's a long game. He's like, I get to know them, you know. I hopefully I, I pop in their head, and their kids are, you know, hey, maybe I want to go. And then you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to go talk to that recruiter because he was a cool guy. And he—that's what they're doing now. You remember the days where we couldn't get a hold of a recruiter, like you couldn't find them? Yep. That's not mm-hmm. now. They're out. They well, are you know, out.
1: I'm not going to jump into politics. That's I'm not going to do that.
0: Oh, no. But, no, no,
4: no.
1: but as far as recruiting goes, I think it's a test of the times because every couple of five or 10 years, there is a point where recruiting is high because yep. the country is together we support one another we're right i don't want to say gung-ho because that's not really the term to use um but <laughs> but we're proud patriots right we're proud of america we want to protect it and then there's a, a five or ten year span where screw america screw this screw that yeah. they're bad i hate them and then recruiting drops and if you look yep. at over history World War One, World War Two, then there was a, a a grace period, then there was the Korean War, then there was the Vietnam War, then you had a grace period, then you had Desert Storm, then you had the grace period, then you had 9-11 in Afghanistan. Now we're in the grace period the grace again, period. right?
0: yep. Yeah, so yes, it's true.
1: I mean, even before that, if you look at it before that, it was sort of the same. I don't know how recruiting numbers was back in the 1800s. I who knows? Um, but right, uh, I'm sure that they had their ups and downs as well, depending on the state of the country or the colonies, depending on which era we're talking mm-hmm. about.
0: You know, I don't know if this is if this is a different part of it or not. But what I I hear because I'm mm-hmm. around a lot of veterans, I've heard this numerous times. Like we're starting to lose legacy. Yeah. Like I'm hearing people say, "I I wouldn't want them to go in this military." Nope. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm not telling my kids to go in, nope. I'm i like, you know,
1: there is a lot of people that have asked me, "Hey, I want to join because blah blah blah." And I'm like, "No, you don't." Because they don't want to join for the right reasons.
4: Right. That's
1: that's my point. And I don't want people to expect one thing and get a, this shit end of the stick cuz a lot of us did get the shit end of the stick. And we we got mm-hmm. the proof to prove it. Um, but There are so many good things that come out of the military, too, as long as the military doesn't bend to the bullshit of the generation like right now, right? Like Mm -hmm. the ponytails and the man buns and the uh, Prince Albert's, as they said in chat, which I actually had a guy that had a (laughs) Prince Albert. Um, not going to lie. He tried to show us in the country and I was like, dude, keep that stuff in your pants and we don't need to see that shit. But I think there is a give and take with the military, just like there's a give and take with public, right? You got to give a little bit and then you got to take a little bit. But the point where I think some of the military is at where you can't, you know, demean them or call them names or it's a UCMJ. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm taking you to war, I want you to basically be able to take some shit and then some, I don't want you yeah. to be able to sit there and somebody say something bad about your sister. And then you cry and give them all the secrets. Like, nah, you, you're, you're not war material. Um, But it's true, too, that we are losing a bit of the legacy where there are people you do not need to join the military because and I think that's the sad part, because if we don't have a military, all we have to rely on is the leadership and the local military, i.e. Guard and Reserve, and they can only do so much, right? And we really can't rely on leadership of the fucking country. Like I said, I'm not gonna jump into politics, but you can't. <laughs> you really can't not right
0: now, we're not across the board. I mean, this right. Is, yeah. And that's I why mean, we around. have
1: the military, right? Granted, mm-hmm. the country leadership tells the military to an extent what to do. The military is the one that at the end of the day says yes or no, right? right. So we're
4: executing, yeah.
1: Right. And it's I think we need to get back to where we were for that eight or 10 year span where we didn't care, care about your religion and your sex and who you had sex with and color and all that, we you were know,
0: too busy. we it, were too busy. Exactly. You know, we suck in garrison, right? Mm-hmm. every branch sucks in garrison. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> we do, we do, right? We just can't sort ourselves out. We're all ass and elbows. I mean, it, it, and then we're just, then we're like. Paying attention to stupid shit that really mm-hmm. we don't need to pay attention to. We just need to get it done. You know, but when there's nothing getting done, now we're just getting stupid stuff done.
4: <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, uh, we've done a yeah. little bit of that. A few golf balls yeah. got shot in Iraq. Anyway. Um <laughs> but we were talking in the pre show and we were talking about streaming and podcasts and all. You do have a podcast uh that you do as well. We Can you tell people uh how to we're listen on the front to that?
0: Line. Yep, Beyond the Frontline is my uh, podcast that I do with my co-host, Jay Johnson, and it's an, I call it an information forward podcast, so we bring on all kinds of people that own nonprofits, or maybe they're uh, entrepreneurs, or maybe they're um, just people with a really cool story. Um, and we just talk and it's coffee talk, you know, we're all set up as a coffee talk. Jay and I talk for a couple minutes, banter, and then we get into conversation. Um, and it's good. It's a good time. And, and, uh, the goal is to get the resources to the veterans, like every angle. We did a series on veteran treatment court because I just happened to stumble across somebody that worked for them. And I'm like, what is that? I had no idea what it was. Well, I work with the veteran treatment court now because of that, you know, so, The more we can make people aware, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's
1: what we do. Podcasts about stuff like what we're talking about right now from people like us who've been there and experienced Mm -hmm. it and and know the good side and the bad side. I think it's better than going to V8.gov and having to spend 15 hours trying to find one (laughs) fucking link to one little bit of information, right? right? Um, I also want to let you know and the listeners know we will have, what's it called again? I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, beyond the front line. Beyond, beyond the front lines. We will have that under other podcasts on dvradio.net. So you can go over there and you can click and go right over there. And we'll also add your, uh, Rebel LC, Rebel LLC <laughs> 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 tongue twisters. About 10 times. <laughs> right. Um, and I'll also add that to a DD, uh, DD radio family, uh, link. So you'll be under there oh, too. Sure. So if anybody wants to come over here. If they're, if they are here at dvradio.net and they decided to peruse more than the chat and the radio and podcast, they will see that. Sorry. It's been a long week. I'm dealing with a dumbass monitor that wants to die on me. And then I woke up having. Crohn's Taco Bell night in the middle of the evening. Anyway. Um mm-hmm. I would love to work with you and the the show and, and Rebel all together to some form or extent, you know, mm-hmm. whether we have shows on each other's platforms or, or whatever and, and guests guest spot on each other's shows anything that oh, we can God. do cuz i love what you're doing um and i know that recoil and jj and and nevermore and oink and wordog um i know they'll they'll be behind it uh, right wordog oink or, or are you going to shut me down now you know oh hell no
2: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: yeah i would love to uh work with you guys uh to some extent partnership whatever um yeah. and 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 grow the uh grow the partnership uh in some way, shape or form. Sorry. I don't write down notes. I don't write down scripts. We talked about this in the pre show. It
2: just, right.
0: We don't. I know. Is it sad that to tell the audience, we're like, how do you do it? I'm like, well, we turn on the computer and pull our cameras up and get our mics and then we talk. And it's a little embarrassing to see that, but that's <laughs> your, you guys are both like I am, right? Like, impromptu and, and move forward. That's not every podcaster. There's mm-hmm. many that are super, uh, you know, scripted and they've got it down to a science and they, and that's great. I mean, I, I, more power to them I and it works for them, but not for this squirrel brain.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to read a <laughs> teleprompter. I'm sorry. It's not happening. I'm, nope. I'm not a talking puppet. Um, <laughs> Nope, We won't go down that road, but, um, uh, no, I I don't mind reading scripts if it's like an advertisement for something that we're doing or, or, you know, we're promoting or whatever, but yeah, I've tried doing the script thing. I don't like it. It's not my, my wheelhouse. I
0: don't know if you're like this, but if I'm reading, I can't think.
1: No, I can't. I can't. (laughs)
0: I, <laughs> I, either I read it. Matter of fact, like years ago I had to do this, this webinar, God help me. And I was already like moaning about it. I'm like, I have to do what? And they're like, we're going to do a quarterly webinar and it it's your turn. And, and, uh, it was me and actually my buddy, Rick, and he's like, uh, very impromptu. And so I'm like, okay. So I wrote down some notes and they're like, no, you have to like write a script. I'm like, I have to what? Like, you have to script it so, like, you read it off. And I'm like, but what if they ask questions that are not on the scripts? Like, no, you are going to do the script. <laughs> okay, I can, I can so write a I, script
1: all day. Right.
0: So we do this, and it's, you know, it's death by PowerPoint, right? Yep. And we have the script. We have to do it twice. And it was on a Saturday, so we had to do it in the morning, and then we had to do it in the afternoon, right? So we could get all the garden reserve on our drill weekend.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: and so I'm like okay I'll do it so we do this oh Jesus the morning session sweet baby Jesus that's all I can say we <laughs> sucked so bad like at one point like Rick was like talking over me I started to say something he just cut me off like I hit mute and I'm like what the fuck are you doing he's like what I'm like I was talking he goes you were I was really quick I'm like oh fuck anyways we get done the boss comes in. He says, down. smart. He goes, well, that sucked. I'm like, yeah. So can we do it our way? And she's like, what way were you doing? I'm like, they told us we had to write a script. I'm like, we're we're impromptu. We're smeeze. We don't even need this shit. We know it. Mm-hmm. What you got to right? So we ripped that shit up, wrote down some, you know, just topics, went back to it. The second time was like butter, you know, and went smooth. So I'm like, yeah, I am not a script reader. I can't, I just need topics. Just give me topics. I've taught college. I did the same thing. I'm like, just give me the topics. We can talk about it.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we done, I I was young. I was in school still and we were doing the flag folding, uh, ceremony and it was me and my best friend and she had, she read every other line and I read, you know, every line, uh, before and after that. And we knew it by heart, but we had to read it. They wanted us to read it, and that was the hardest, dumbest thing I've ever done in my life because I was perfectly fine reciting it. I could recite it, you know, verbatim, blah 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 blah. And then you read it in front of people, and I was like, "Nah, nah, we ain't doing this again. Nah, <laughs> never again."
0: I've <laughs> never done. I- it's hard. It's, it's like your brain has to switch gears. You know, it has mm-hmm. to go into a different mode that we're just not attuned to. Like I have to go speak at an event. I don't know, like the first of November, it's, it's a book event. And the late, this lady that's organizing it, it's like, okay, so I just need to get with you so we can go over, you have 11 minutes and so we can go over your um, presentation. And I'm like, excuse me. Like, what do you mean? go over? Do I have to write stuff out? And she goes, well, I just need to know what you're talking about and how it's gonna go. And I'm like, okay, but I don't I don't write stuff out. Like I know what I need to talk about. And you want me to do eleven minutes? No problem. I can just squish in eleven minutes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. She's like, you don't have to have it written out. I thought she wanted like a PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, oh my god.
4: Please
0: don't make me do this. Like I'm like, really? She goes, No, 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 no. I just wanted to know like your story. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I was sliding it for a minute. I almost canceled. I'm like, maybe this isn't right. Cause it, no.
1: Yep. No. I can do notes all day long, but as soon nope. as you want me to read a script now, nah, I'm done. Nope. We out. Nope. See ya. Bye. <laughs> going if, I'm it, like,
0: if I'm reading it, that's all you're getting out of mm-hmm. me. You're not, there's nothing. It's not animated. It's I will, I will read I a
1: storybook it. to you. That's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> Like exactly. there, there will be high moments and low moments, but you're going to get monotone for most of it. <laughs> That's what you're going to get.
0: We can't but, understand. But I, think, I think it goes back to the military too, a little bit. Right. Because I don't know, like, or maybe it's just how some of our brains work. Like I used to go into meetings and these, these meetings were so stupid. The guy that was our boss was just like a moron <laughs> and we would have to go to this our weekly meeting and it was to talk about the cases, you know, people would bring up, I kid you not. I would see them printing off page after page Excel spreadsheets. And then they would tape them together so they could see their whole caseload. <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking in me and my other nurse friend. I'm walking in with like a pencil and a notebook just so I have something to doodle on. Cause right. I'll get bored. Right. <laughs> and I'm text my tech and I'm like, like, can you remind me of this? And she's like, Oh yeah. And she'd give me a couple details and then I have to go present. And so I'd be like, yeah, we've got this, that, that I just like run through it. And I'd come back up and my tech look, at me, she goes, did you bring anything with you? I'm like, yeah, if I needed anything. You were there. You didn't tell me. She just would laugh. She's like, Oh my God. She goes, I saw them coming up with like reams of paper. I'm like, yeah, for 15 minutes. I'm like, seriously?
4: Yeah, that's, that's the
1: thing that I've fallen into with TV radios. I I hate, like I said, we had an itinerary. We got rid of that. We never had a script. I used to take notes. I don't do that. And there's some times where like I was talking for the, what merchandise we have. There's times I'll go through the list and I'm like, did I get everything? Um, I miss, I feel like I missed something and I didn't, but. I feel like I did, but I didn't,
4: (laughs) but yeah,
0: flow, you know, that's actually a term is like you go into flow. So when you come on to the podcast, right, you're, you're open, Mm -hmm. like your mind is open. You're listening to your guests and you're engaging and, and you're just going with it. Whatever pops in your head, you're moving on with. Um, and it's a great thing. I've been in those situations where I've had that happen. And and it happens a lot in the podcast. Like I have to go back and listen to my podcast to know what was said because I'll get off and I'll be like, oh, did I miss stuff? Did mm-hmm. we hit what we needed to? And then our executive director is like, no, it was great. You said this and this. I'm like, I did. And they're like, yeah, I don't remember. Should I talk about because you're in flow. You're just going with it. It's it's a great place to
1: be. You can ask the oink. Like if I'm having one of those weeks where I don't really want to listen to the podcast when I edit it and I just want to get it edited and done and I'll listen to a few, you know, major points, edit it, make sure everything sounds copacetic and get it out. And I'm like, hey, what did we talk about Saturday? He's like, I don't fucking know. And I'm like um well I guess I've got to listen to this again. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's good and bad, right? Because you want to yeah. get the podcast out for everybody and you want to know what you what but you also want to know exactly what the podcast was about so you can at least obviously give them a description, but the next time you talk about it, you don't want to forget something you you talked about. Right. right. Those, those, those highlights, those points, like during this episode, I'm sure there's going to be things that I won't remember. And the next time we have you on, you're going to be like, I talked about that last time, you idiot. And I'll be like, cool, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think that's the fun part too, because as we were talking, uh, in pre-show, we both hate having a set question, uh, a question set for, for guests. Yeah. We want talking to, points. Right. Yeah. Oh. We, we want to get to know one, one another on the fly, like we met in a room and we have to get to know one another. And I think that not only does it bring legitimacy to what we're doing, but it's also us being us and honest and our listeners can sort of vibe on the same wavelength because they're learning and you're learning and we're learning and we're all just having fun. We have a few serious moments and we get to know one another all at the same time, right?
0: Well, it's taken the, it's taken the mystery out of it too. Like I, I will tell you, like people ask me, well, how'd you decide to get in a podcast? I'm like, I didn't. Mm. And then they just look at me and I'm like, okay, you, you really want to know how this happened? I did not have podcasting on my radar. So like if somebody said, oh, I would be a I would have laughed because I don't have a radio voice, at least in my head I didn't. Um, And so I, Got asked. It was a couple summers ago. Well, it was like three summers ago. I, out of the blue, this podcast coming home well reached out to me and said, "Hey, we'd like to interview you for your book." Well, my second book hadn't come out yet. It was in the middle of getting published, and I was like, "My transition." I mean, the warrior patriot citizen. They're like, "Yeah, the book had come out five years ago, right?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay." I mean, sure. So I get on the podcast and you know, we do it normal. It was fun, fine. And done a couple, so it wasn't anything new to me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And so off I go. And uh they said it, it we're about six, eight weeks out, so it'll come out in a couple couple months. I'm like, okay. I forgot all about it. Just went and did my thing. I get an email one day from the executive director. Uh, and Cindy goes, Hey. Um, could you call us or call me? I I have a question for you. Okay. So I call her up and she goes, Hey, we really liked your interview. And I said, Oh, thanks. And the next thing I know, she's offering me a podcast and I laughed at her. I just bursted out laughing. I'm like, are you on drugs? And I was like, I don't have a radio voice. And I go, I'm a nurse. Like, I don't know shit about podcast. I don't know anything. No, really. I, I think you'd be really good, and I'm like, well, I'm flattered, but I really don't know anything about this. So, she's very, she's very good at her job, by the way. And so, she sweet talked me, and then I said, "Can I have a co-host? Because I, I don't like to talk to myself all day. I'm like, I talk to myself enough, right? <laughs> I like, feel you start
4: answering
3: yourself. That's when the <laughs> <medical> <laughs> professionals think uh,
0: are crazier." And even then, right? At least, you know, you get the answer you want. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. So I call my buddy up and I said, Jay, I just got this off the freaking wall offer. I'm like, do you want to do a podcast with me? He goes, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly how this started. Boom. And then three weeks later, we recorded our first podcast. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. It's sort of I'm the like, same
1: with me because I won't. Bore everybody that's listening with this, with the same story. I'll tell you offline, but I, I DV6 was about to shut down DV radio and I was like, nah, man, these people need it. And he was like, who's going to do it? I was like, I'll do it. I don't know shit, but I'll do it. And I've been here since 2015, almost 10 years now doing it yeah. every week, almost, almost nonstop, minus a few medical uh times when I've. You know, it was like giving birth to kidney stones on air and stuff like that, but <laughs> um, that was great. Uh, but that yeah, for
4: th- oh
1: yeah, it was great. Recoil calls my mom, and in the background you hear me go,
4: because
1: ah! <laughs> it was a bad kidney stone. Like it was one of those I couldn't bath, and yeah, it, I had to get let the for that one. But yeah, um, it it was almost the same thing, and I've always been big on the back end of entertainment, editing, graphic design, video editing, stuff like that. And I, I sort of just fell into it in that sense, but I'd never done what we're doing right now. And I've always loved. I didn't even know
0: that. I knew I I can hit play. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I don't, I don't do the editing. I'm, I'm, I don't really have an interest in it. They do that for us. And that's what they offer. They're like, you just got to do content. And I'm like, and And she goes, that's it. And then showed us how to do it. And, you know, since then I've leveled up, I have a mixer and I have headphones. I don't have it right now. I just got my simple microphone, but I've got like a fancy, I've got all that crap. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just learned now we're in the middle of, uh, getting ready to do a radio stream. Mm -hmm. I think you and I talked about the pre-show and I'm just like, okay, we got to do what I'm sitting in these meetings and I'm like, Jesus, you know, there's there's some level of imposter syndrome because I'm like, I'm a nurse, like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? And I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. And I think, if anything, I hope the audience can take away is like, don't let anything define you. Yep. I I actually think, in in all honesty, why I see veterans struggle, some of them, and and this is an assumption. I'm not saying this is the actual reason, but when they don't have closure and they are defined by their service and only defined by their service. Um, it's a huge struggle to come out and figure out what else. Yeah. I mean, I've always been the person like I've always done a little of everything, you know, like I've been a nurse for 30 years and and that is my biggest part of my life. I, do I do nursing now? No, I don't. I I don't want another boss again, to be honest. I want to do my own thing and I like to create. And so here I am just making hardly any money and having a blast doing it, you know, meeting tons <laughs> of people like you guys. Oh yeah. Thank God for pension. Jeez Louise. Right. You know, that's, that's at least putting the food on the table, but I just want the audience to get that. I want them to understand like, you don't have to only be defined by your service. I mean, that is, was a big part of my life. And when people ask me like, you know, what did I do? And I tell them, you know, I was a nurse in the military and they're like, Oh, heck. I'm like, yeah, I know you probably wouldn't think that, but <laughs> I was, you know, yeah, um, don't be
1: a super vet.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Don't be, and you know, I'm, I'm going to stereotype, but I am telling you the people that didn't get to serve for the time that they wanted to are the ones that are covered head to toe with the gear. They've got the hat and the pins and they're in the every freaking thing. That And I'm not knocking it. I mean, if that works for you, please, I mean, by all means, but when you haven't had a closure or when you've had the closure, you can say, Hey, that was good. Mm -hmm. I have really fond moments that I will always hold close to me. Um, But what else? Like, I'm not just a nurse, you mm-hmm. know, I now I've got podcasting behind me. And now I've, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm an author. And, you know, people look at me like I'm kind of crazy. And I'm just like, but life's too short. Yeah. Like, really? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need permission to just try something. And, do it what's I the think, worst that's going to
1: happen doesn't work yeah that's one thing i think people overlook especially in this day and time you can do just about anything at least try yeah. just about anything at least once if you don't like it move on to the next thing if you yeah. love it stick with it as long as you feel comfortable with and then move on to the next thing and a lot of this stuff doesn't take thousands and millions of dollars to do. I mean, you can get a cheap headset and audacity, record a podcast, put it up somewhere. There's a lot of places that take, uh, make accounts for free for 30 minutes and you can Mm -hmm. get it out there. And if it's something that people gravitate towards great, turn it into a a full-time job. Granted, you're going to hate it in the end, (laughs) but you know, I think that's another thing too. A lot of veterans are afraid of change, right? Like we hate oh, yeah. change. We absolutely hate change. I mean, I hate when Facebook or Twitter does something and it's completely different or YouTube. God forbid YouTube has 30 updates in a week. Holy fucking Christ.
0: Oh my
1: God. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I thought I, Zoom was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's another thing that a lot of veterans have. A hard time tackling is the change and going back to what you were talking about earlier with transitioning warrior, transitioning mm-hmm. from that military life set, uh, lifestyle and that mindset over to the civilian lifestyle and mindset. You had a chapter in your life. Now you need to start winding down and turn it over. Right? Yeah. It's it's a, it's a new leaf, for for lack of a better term.
0: You know what somebody when I when I published the first book I ended up on a you know like a, you know you doing the launch and so I was on some podcasts and radio and you know whatever and this these guys interviewed me it's probably one of my first podcasts I think that I got interviewed on and they were telling me this story and essentially they were like one of the guys worked for a big company um that worked for the government and long story short is that he was all eager to get in there and they were working on products that he was familiar with and they gave him he was a program he was a project manager and they gave him a line to work on that was over budget and under production right so they're like you got to fix this so he did he was getting in there and he had the flow charts, all this other stuff He ends up getting uh, a let go. HR lets him go because he, as they said, he was a little too passionate. The people that he worked with went to HR and were whining because he was like getting in there and doing all this stuff. Like he was overzealous compared to what they were used to. And he ended up getting let go. And it blew my mind because previous to that, I had a buddy of mine that was wanting me to come work for his company and be like a, a case manager or director or something. And I was like, Oh God, no. Like I had no interest. And he goes, I'll even hire you fresh out of the military. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> He's like, I prefer people that have either goes and let go once or left their job once mm-hmm. before I get them. And I'm like, Why? He's like, because they need that seasoning to understand what the civilian world's like first. He's yeah. like, but I think you'll get it right off. He's like, you're, he goes, I think you're not going to have a problem. And I was like, thank you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't want a boss. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't like those restrictions on me. I spent 21 years with restrictions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like to be without now. So, But, but a true statement, like people are coming out, they're gung-ho, they're going and two things are happening they don't know how to turn it down and the civilian world doesn't know how to help transition that mm-hmm. so now big companies have all these veteran programs veteran pathways veteran this veteran that to help them uh or maybe indoctrinate them into their culture yeah you know cuz really that's what you have to do right you have to we well, got indoctrinated into the military right So they have to now get indoctrinated into a new culture and they helped them because they were identifying that the veterans weren't being super successful. Yeah. Um, And that blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, that's a real thing. I was like, yeah.
3: Yep. Well, you know, the funny thing was, is when I was doing college, Few years ago, you know, we're talking about hiring veterans. There's almost a negativity around it because of, Oh, they suffer from PTSD. See, and they um, got all they these leave. veterans appointments. Mm-hmm. They'll never be on a job at the job. You know, you can't count on them. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? These are the most loyal people I know, you know, that if you give them, you know, the time, the training or whatever the case they need, the tools, they were going to be your most loyal and dedicated employee period. Yep. They were, but they you, like it's. Yeah, and and the problem was like I said there was just this negativity when I was doing my college research. I'm like, who the fuck is writing this shit because I, I couldn't believe it. There was just a negativity and a tone towards it. I was like, I can't believe it.
0: And if there is an incident that happens, it it is that's not the standard. You know like everybody goes through hard times, right? I mean, you know, y'all get alcoholics in the civilian world that are functioning and doing their job. Yep. You know, and then they're having bad days and you know, I mean, shit happens to all of us. You know, we, we relate this trauma. <laughs> oh, military and they have trauma. Well, no shit. None of us get out without it. We all do. Yeah. It's what we do with it afterwards. So you exactly. can either be constructive and help us or you can be destructive to it. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to fare well if you're going to be asses to us. So work with us because we are loyal people and we'll work our ass off. And if we know we're valued, we're going to do everything our can to bring our a game every time. Cause that's mm-hmm. how we're trained.
4: Yep. yep.
1: Yeah. I wish mm-hmm. more of the world would see it that way, but you know, we live in reality. Um.
0: Right. <laughs> right. That raw talk. Here we are.
1: Um, so rebel hyphen llc.com that will be in the description of the podcast as well as beyond the front line you can find that in the description of the podcast and it will be both of those websites will be on dv under D V R family and other podcasts for everybody to listen. Donna, I want to have you back on and I want to work with you guys in some Let's do it some wavelengths. I don't care what it is. Even if we just promote each other's stuff on the other shows, I I don't care. <laughs> we we, we, we want to work together. I, I sound like I'm turning into a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a Tourette's. Uh, uh, uh. Um <laughs> that just brought back memories of something that I don't need to talk about on this show. <laughs> oh okay. Lord. Right. Um, but uh is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners live or on podcast? And then we'll uh do Oink and Wardog, we'll end the show. But if you'll stay on after the show, we'll talk a, a few minutes. Yeah. No, I think the
0: biggest thing is um for the audience is just get out there, find, if they can find a veteran that they trust, because this is how I did it. My buddy had been a veteran for seven, eight years. He's an entrepreneur and I trusted him. I trusted that he had my back and he wasn't going to lead me into places where like I didn't need to be, you know, like with people that were not authentic. And I trusted the people that he trusted. And eventually that led to my network and which he's part of, you know, and it that quote unquote networking wasn't so scary anymore because I have a group of people that I work with now that I know are not going to screw me. They mm-hmm. have my back. And it took me a couple of years. Like, don't think that shits overnight because it's not but baby steps. And I did it. And so that's what I offer the audience is like, find your person that has your sex. Right. And and trust them. And if if they're doing you right, you know. Trust the people that they trust and, and you'll build, you know? And eventually you'll get a sixth sense for yourself. You know, I've smelled out a couple of people that I'm like, yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. And remember that you can say no now. This isn't the military anymore. And when somebody's, you don't have a good feel on them, don't just walk. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to say anything. You should be like, oh, have a great day. You don't have to re engage again. Simple as that.
1: I'll roll instead of walk. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just get right on and roll then, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> um, so Sergeant Wardog, oink, this is your time to say last words to Donna and as well as our listeners listening live or on podcast. Mr. Wardog,
2: uh, Donna, I really like to uh, appreciate or thank you for coming on. This, I knew that this would be a very good, uh, uh, uh connection between you and uh, our hosts, and it's just uh, manifested and proven itself, so I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, For the listeners, uh, yes, I do joke about uh, the psych ward gang quite often, but in all seriousness, that is our uh, way of representing mental health in the military community. If you happen to run into any type of mental health crisis, please do not be ashamed nor afraid as I wasn't, to dial 988 and choose option one. Again, just as I wasn't and I needed to do personally, do not be ashamed nor afraid to dial 988 and choose option one. Have a great week. Salute.
1: And while you're at it, head over to dvradio.net, click on the DV Radio Store, grab your psych ward gang and I T-shirt because that's Sergeant Wardog shit and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oink, over to you, brother. Now, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, again, I think, you know, we've said it time and time again, you know, we like what you're doing. Continue to, you know, keep doing it, obviously. Uh, it does make a difference for those veterans that are struggling, you know, during transition and, and elsewhere. But uh, and uh if you're struggling tonight and you need to talk to somebody, head over to ObjectiveZero.org if you didn't hear it at the beginning of the show. uh There's ambassadors standing by 24-7 willing to talk to you any given topic you can think of and they're available 24 seven by regular chat. You can search by MOS, You can search by sex, gender, whatever the case may be, whatever your preferences, there's somebody willing to talk to you 24 seven again, objective org. Check them out.
1: Absolutely. And as I said, at the beginning of the show, we have, Free shipping until October 22nd at the DV radio store, dvradio.net. Just click on the DV radio store and click on the redeem button to get your free shipping. If you miss that, you can come back October 24th through the 26th and get 25% off of everything. Again, just click the redeem button, order what you want. Uh, DV farm, uh, DV radio, Sergeant War Dog, Betsy Ross, PTS dog, DV against DV and change Unchained, all that good stuff. Uh, all the proceeds goes to those individuals and or, organizations and nonprofits. Speaking of DV farm, we still need to raise that 25 grand to get the set the system up to code before the ground freezes over and it goes up even more dvfarm.org find out more over there and you can donate over there as well Um, as I said all the links will be in the description of this podcast and they'll be added here on dvradio.net Donna thank you again for coming on speaking with us we can't wait to work with you in the future Sergeant Wardog and Oink, I'm Bonerwood you just heard barracks talk right here on wdvradio.net till next week bicycles. bye bye Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's all, <horrible>. folks. Goodbye, motherfucker! <laughs> TV Radio.